The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us have hearts and attitudes of gratitude. And we know these are difficult days. These are in many ways dark days. But you know what? God is our light. And every praise is to our God. Be encouraged, beloved. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. Be encouraged. God is still in control. Let me say it again. God is still in control. We know that the COVID-19 virus is seemingly getting worse rather than better. And we also know, or at least you should know by now, that there's been good news of a vaccine on the horizon. But you know what? God is still in control. Notwithstanding the proliferation, the spike, the increase in the number of COVID infections, you know, I heard on the news just this morning that Friday there was 184,000 infections in this country in one day. And then I heard that there will be for over 13 days, another 100,000. But you know, God is able. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And my faith is in God. And I want you to put your faith in God. And you know, I've, I found myself in my prayer time really having an attitude of gratitude thanking God for all the many blessings he has bestowed upon me. Notwithstanding these difficult times, there is a lot to be grateful for. And you know, one of the things I've been very grateful to God for is you, beloved. That's right, you. I thank God for your faithfulness, your commitment. I thank God for your unswerving trust in God and in the ministry in which God has planted you. Our ministry has been blessed. Our ministry has been sustained. Our ministry has been guided by the hand of the Lord. And with his wisdom, he will bring us through. We will get through to the other side. We will get to the other side with the wisdom, the understanding, and the instruction that God gives us through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. So be encouraged, beloved. Better days are ahead. Better days are ahead. I see and I hear a sound of blessings and breakthrough on the horizon. There's a breakthrough coming on the horizon. And God will receive all the glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. For the last several weeks, I've been sharing with you from a series of messages 
in title, you'll have what you say. And I begin this series talking about prophetic power. Then I talked about stinking thinking. And then last week I talked about don't open the door. And I want to conclude this series this morning. You'll have what you say. I want to conclude it by talking about this mountain. That's right. This mountain. Here in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. It reads, so Jesus answered and said to them. He's speaking to his disciples. And he said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Now, of course, Jesus said this to disciples in response to their chagrin, if you will, when they saw the following day that the fig tree that Jesus had spoke to, that barren fig tree, that fig tree that Jesus cursed, and his disciples saw the following morning that this tree had died up from the roots. And they're excited about it. And they exclaim, Master, the fig tree, would you curse? It's dried up. It's, it's, it, it died. And Jesus simply said to them, he explained to them that this was nothing more than he himself having faith in God. And he encouraged them to do the same thing. And I encourage you to do the same thing too. We need to have faith in God. We need to understand how that faith is expressed. Jesus said, it is expressed through the words we speak. For surely I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, and that's what I'm talking about, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you says shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. So when Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God, he was literally saying, have the faith of God. Have the faith that God gives. He was saying, have the God kind of faith. And if you're going to have faith, beloved, you want the God kind of faith. You see, the God kind of faith is strong belief to be able to accomplish things that appear most difficult. Those most difficult things. Jesus referred to those most difficult things as this mountain. That's what he called difficulty. This mountain. So this mountain literally... Jesus was speaking figuratively, but literally this mountain, if you look at Mark chapter 11, verse 1, this mountain was the Mount of Olives. 
So Jesus was saying, you can speak to the mountain. So for those of us who believe, figuratively, this mountain could be any challenge. Could be any problem. This mountain could be some difficulty that appears impossible. That's life. There's a lot of things that's going to happen to us in life that's going to appear impossible. But we got to get to the places, the people of God, that we don't judge by appearance. We judge by what God said. And Jesus said, even when you're faced with that challenge, even when you're faced with some problem, some difficult situation, and it appears impossible, he said, speak to it. He said, it's nothing more than this mountain. Speak to this mountain. And that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. So how does the God kind of faith work? So if you're going to have any kind of faith, you want the God kind of faith. And if you're going to have the God kind of faith, you need to understand how it works. What Jesus explained it. And the same explanation he gave to his disciples is the same explanation applicable for you and I, his modern day disciples. He said the God kind of faith was simply to say it. Say it. Don't be afraid to say it. Words have power. Say it, don't doubt in your heart, then believe and receive it. In other words, act as though it's so. Believe and receive it. So what you'll find, beloved, is that faith is always expressed in words. Don't tell me you have faith if you're not saying nothing. Don't tell me you have faith in your heart, but nothing's coming out of your mouth. By the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Faith is always expressed in words. And faith must be released by the words. Faith must be released by the words of your mouth. That's what faith is. So Jesus said, speak to this mountain. Let me give you an example of this. And this was not a new concept. In fact, it was an old concept. In Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, after Moses had rehearsed before the children of Israel all the blessings and all the curses of God, and he made it clear to them that if they would obey God's blessing, God's commandment, they would be blessed. Moses went on to say to them, beginning at verse 11, for this commandment, I command you today, it's not too mysterious for you. Nor is it for all. We got to take the mystery out of faith. When Jesus simplified it, he said, speak to this mountain. So Moses said to the children of Israel, this commandment which I command you today, it is not too mysterious for you. In other words, it's not beyond your reach or your understanding. It is not in heaven. So many believers that look to heaven all the time. When we must understand the power that God has given us, 
is to operate here on earth. It is not in heaven, Moses said, that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we might hear and do it. Then he went on to say, nor is it beyond the sea. Moses said, it's not in heaven. It's not beyond the sea that you should say, well, who shall go over the sea and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Moses said, the word, the word is very near you. Let me say it again. The word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Now, Apostle Paul took the same passage of Moses speaking to the children of Israel and he used it to talk about the righteousness of faith in Jesus Christ. So the children of Israel, they knew that if they obeyed God, they would be blessed. And if they disobeyed God, they would be cursed. And if they disobeyed God and repented, God says, I'll still bless you and I'll prosper you. But I'm giving you this commandment. But you're not to say who will go up into heaven and bring it down for us that we may do it. Who will cross beyond the sea to bring it to us that we might hear it and do it. God says, no, no, it's in your mouth. If you're going to keep my commandments, then speak my commandments. If you're going to keep my statutes and my ways, if you're going to be obedient to me, then speak that obedience. Then the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, speaking about the righteousness of faith in Jesus Christ, Paul answered, he raised the question, what saith it? What saith it? He says, the word is nigh in your mouth and in your heart. The word is near you. And that is the word of faith which we preach. What is the word of faith? That if you shall confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is the word of faith. This is the word we preach. This is the same principle that we need to understand to speak to this mountain. This is the same principle we need to understand not only to activate our salvation, but to activate even the gifts of God in our lives. If you can't say it, you will not be experiencing it. You will never move in the gifts of the Spirit if you don't speak it. What saith it? Nobody's going to send up into heaven and bring Jesus down. He's already come down. And he died for us. Then if he died, nobody's going to send to the abyss and bring him up. Because God has raised him again. So where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Paul says that word is nigh. It's near your heart and it's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. So what was Paul saying? Paul was saying with words, we confess salvation, healing, and deliverance. 
By the way, beloved, the word salvation in the New Testament is the word soteria. And that word means not only salvation, but it also means healing and deliverance, wholeness, and preservation. So Paul says, with words we confess salvation, healing, and deliverance. And when we confess any aspect of salvation, and salvation has multiple aspects, but when you confess any aspect of salvation, all you're doing, beloved, you are confirming a heartfelt conviction of truth. You will never experience healing if you can't speak healing. You got to speak to this mountain of sickness. You'll never experience deliverance and freedom if you can't speak to that mountain of bondage. You'll never experience salvation and eternal life if you can't speak that you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and Jesus died from you. And that same Jesus God raised from the dead. You'll never have salvation if you can't speak it. So there's three things that words do for us. Three things that words do to us and for us. The first thing words do, they locate you. If you want to know where somebody is, just talk to them. Have a conversation with them. People will tell you a lot of things about themselves, even when they're trying to be secretive. Words will locate you. Words will define you. And don't say you really didn't mean what you said because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth spoke. When somebody tell you who they are with the words of their mouth, you need to believe them. Even though they said that, they'll say, well, I really didn't, I'm really not like that. or I really didn't mean that. No, no, no. Words will locate you. Words will locate you that you're standing in faith or you're still operating in doubt, fear, and unbelief. Your words will locate you. And your words will reveal that about you. Another thing words do, words will, will fix the boundaries, the landmarks of our lives. Did you know that? Many people have imposed upon themselves self-limitations. Many people have placed themselves in a box, in a narrow place in life. Not because God put you there. Not because society put you there. Not even because some person who believed they were a member of a superior race put you there. You put yourself there because of your own words. There are many people incarcerated right now behind bars in jail or in prison, but they have more freedom than a lot of folk walking around the streets. Why? Because they refuse to be defined by the bars of a jailhouse. They refuse to be confined by incarceration. They refuse. They refuse to let those conditions fix the landmarks of their life. So many people have hit that invisible ceiling, that glass ceiling in life, not because it's really there, but because you put it there. 
You fixed the boundaries. You fixed the landmarks. Living a life of limitation. Living a life of thinking. You always have to scrape in life. You're still scraping the beggarly elements of the world all because of your words. You prophesied the condition of your life. And now it's being fulfilled. You don't like your life? Then prophesy a new life because words have power. If you don't like what's going on in your life, you have the power within the words you speak to change your life. Here we see in the book of Genesis, we see one of the first characteristics about our Father God is that he was a creator. And how did he create? He created by speaking the word. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. And we as the children of God can speak to this mountain. If you don't like the way your life is going, then begin to speak words of a new life. And then you will eventually experience a new experience. You eventually have a new experience. But words will fix the landmarks of your life. Another thing words do, they will affect your spirit. Words will affect your spirit. They can affect your spirit negatively or even, and they can affect your spirit positively. Do you know the greatest hurt in the world is not sticks and stones? You know, we're growing up, we should say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names and words will never hurt me. Yeah, they do hurt. Some of the greatest hurt some people have in life right now is something that a parent said to them. Your father, your mother said something that hurt you to your heart, and you're still carrying that hurt around even as an adult. That's the power of words. Words. They do it every time. They affect your spirit. But we can also speak words to affect our spirits and the spirits of others in a positive way. Don't take your words to tear people down. Take your words to build people up. Don't take your word to cast doubt and fear. Take your words and spread faith. Wouldn't it be wonderful if faith would spread like this virus is spreading? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Well, that can happen, beloved. The same way a virus is transmitted from one person to another, we can transmit positivity by speaking words of faith, speaking words of edification, and not words of destruction. Hmm? But that's what words, that's what they do to us and do for us. That's what they do. They locate us. They fix the landmarks of our life. They affect our spirit one way or the other. And if your spirit's been affected in a negative way, then you're going to take those negative words that's going to come out of your heart and affect somebody else's spirit in a negative way as well. Huh? That's the way this thing works. But Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, this mountain be thou removed. And you know what? We need to look at that mountain, not just on the outside of us. We need to look at that mountain on the inside of us. 
We need to speak to that mountain and say, I am free. I am delivered and set free. Glory to God. So Jesus said, speak. Speak to this mountain. And when we speak to this mountain, we need to hold fast. We need to hold fast to what we confess about that mountain. Hmm? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed on into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Listen to what Hebrews is saying to us. We have a great high priest, not just a high priest, but a great high priest, and he all, he's already passed unto the heavens. He is Jesus, the Son of God. And because Jesus Christ is our high priest, we are to hold fast our confession. Why? Because as a high priest, he's a mediator between us and God. And the things we confess, we have to believe that our mediator, our great high priest, our great mediator, he's taken the words of faith that we speak and he's going to the Father to say, Father, confirm these words. Make these words a reality in their life. So we need to hold fast to the confession. It doesn't do any good to have a positive confession one day and a negative confession the next day. It doesn't do any good to speak to the mountain, be thou removed. But later on that day, you're doubting if the mountain's ever going to go anywhere. You're doubting if that mountain's ever going to be removed and be cast into the sea. No, no, no. We have to keep our confession. Hold to that confession. We hold to that confession by saying the same thing. We got to say what God is saying. What is God saying? What is God saying about your problem, your challenge? What is God saying about the difficult situation you experienced in your life? What is God saying? You find out what God is saying, and then you speak to this mountain. Huh? Speak to this mountain. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. We have another reminder there of Jesus not only being our high priest, but our apostle. Huh? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly call, that's us, we have a call from heaven, a call to be victorious, a call to stand, a call to have faith, a call never to give up. Even in the face of this mountain, we have a heavenly call. So the writer of Hebrews says, wherefore my brethren, that includes the sisters too, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, consider this, consider the apostle, and the high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Consider him. Don't give up. Don't give out. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So not only do we have a high priest over the words we confess, we have an apostle. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.